Yo, good freaking morning, people. It is the full-blown winter. I love the winter. Ugh. I know I've heard like uh, Joe Rogan should say this before, but like, it's there's something there's just something different about it, people that live in a climate or in a place where you need to be prepared like you have to in the winter. Like, hold on, let me not get lost here. Um, you need. I'm going east. You need to just be prepared for a lot of shit like this morning. So I'm up at 4.30-ish, 4.45-ish, um, because I'm going to do a sketchy internet transaction for some free weights, Olympic free weights. Um, just about this time every year, I feel like lifting heavy again, you know? I used to lift heavy weights. I've never been, like, the most jacked person in the world, but I put up some respectable numbers. But uh, every time th around this time of year, I just feel like lifting heavy weights, you know, kind of after hunting season ends. Before hunting season, I'm all trying to get my endurance up, um, cardio, uh, not really just because I want to look good, although that is a good side effect, but more just to be in shape. I know I've talked about this before, but then winter rolls around and you just want to lift heavy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Gotta just give me something heavy to pick up. But anyway, so I'm up early. Because I'm going to, oh, right now, because of COVID, you can't find anything. Like, Dick's doesn't have any weights. Amazon have gone through the fucking ringer with them trying to find shit. Um, it's just hard to find weights right now. So, I found uh, I found uh, something on, on uh, Craigslist here. That's a good um, weight set. 300 pounds. 300 pounds of weights plus a bar you know so that should that, that'll be fine for me and i've got like i said i'm gonna build a little homemade squat rack i think hopefully that that works out but you know i don't know maybe i'll, I'll just pick it up and do front squats anyway this uh i want to get a little little brolic again just uh I, like just for health reasons um slow down on drinking a little bit too quite a bit actually and um just this summer's got a lot of fun stuff happening, so I just want to get a little jacked, look a little good, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, winter's fucking nuts, and um, there's a lot of fun shit to do in the winter too. Like I was just had this, I was playing around with this crazy thought. Um, this kind of pertains to the outdoors in general, and uh, I was playing around with it while I was just driving this morning. You know, got the coffee spinning in my head, but um. Like, there's, there's a spectrum, and I th I'm thinking of it kind of as, like, a four-cubed matrix. I don't have it all the way worked out yet, but this is what I'm thinking. Like, okay, so so there's a, there's, there's a spectrum on one end, uh, on one direction of how much you want to see, how many different things you want to see, and how, or how detailed you want to check out the area, right? So at one extreme... You have extreme detail, and then at the other, you have lots of different things that you're seeing, right? And so, like, the, like what kind of pursuits you do, kind of, w w that will that would influence your spectrum, right? And then there's also another matrix where, or the other uh, up and down, so that would be, like, the side-to-side -side, uh, gauge, and then the up and down gauge would be, gear necessity of gear and knowledge i guess we could say so you it's a work in progress but so at one end you'd have 
very gear intensive. And then at the other end would be very low, you know, practically no gear, right? So it's like, it's just a good way to kind of figure out what kind of activities you might be into. So like some people love gear, right? And they, and they also love to study things in intense deep. Like that would be like fishing bass from a bass boat, you know, singular kind of focused, that kind of thing. You're studying like the contours. You got all the like tons of gear, so many fishing poles. Um, but I don't know. You could kind of also see, see a lot of stuff too in that. But, but I feel like you're really hyper-focusing there. And then if you want to see a lot of stuff but not need much gear, you know, like maybe you're like a hiker or something, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know. It's it's a work in progress. It just kind of dawned in my mind. I don't know. It, it probably has some bugs to be worked out, but it was kind of cool to me to think like that. But anyway, so right now we're in, let's see, where would this fall in the matrix? Ice fishing. It's kind of gear intensive. Um, and... You do see some shit, but you are studying things in detail. Maybe, 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 maybe another way to process it would be not to find your. Maybe it's a it's a matrix that you fall on. So like for me, like there's. So I'm of two minds with ice fishing, right? I definitely like to do it, but there's there's, I could there's a there's a lake near my house, that I could go to every day if I wanted to. Maybe not maybe not with the kids, but you know let's just say. It's easy to get to. Very minimal travel time. So I could go there and study the crap out of it and know it inside and out. But it's like that's that doesn't really call my attention. Like I've been there I've, every season. I want to go there at least once or twice. But after I've gone there, and and same thing with open water fishing. Like I want to now go see something else. I want to go try another place. I want to if I catch if I catch this species. I kind of want to go catch some other species, like get some uh, things chucked off my list. And then once I do that, it's more of, I'm more drawn to like, oh, I want to check out this body of water or this body of water, you know? So in that aspect, I'm I'm a little adventurous. Like, and uh, like if I if I wanted to be really good, like I could focus on that lake and just real try really hard and get you know get it dialed in. But I never give myself a chance to get things dialed in. Cause I always want to go somewhere new and try and, and the same thing could be said about my outdoor pursuits in general. Like I don't ever like, okay, so I'm not, I'm not a fanatic of one thing, right? As you guys probably know, I like to do a little bit of everything and I'm always look down to try a new, new thing. So like, you know, some people, they, they just fly fish, right? That's their thing. They fly fish freaking from, start a trout season all the way through the winter and then when it's too cold or they don't have any any place to go there or the or in the dead of summer there's nothing good they're doing other stuff that's all they want to do is fly fish but for me i never get too good at one thing because i'm a jack of all trades like i like to fly fish when it's time when there's a good condition to fly fish but i also like to do everything else you know so maybe that's more of the matrix it's like you're at you're at wanderlust. Like how how much you you know how good are you? How good you can get at something, versus how much you want to switch it up and try new things. So, yeah, I think that that that's definitely more my style. I have a I have like an introductory knowledge of almost everything, uh, not almost everything, but of a bunch of stuff and uh, mastery of none. <laughs>
the one thing I would say I'm like I'm I'm best at what I'm best at is probably bow hunting, and I'm by no means a great bow hunter, but um, I would th I would say that's that's what I'm best at bow hunting, you know, and from the fishing side probably largemouth bass. I don't know, and that's that's such a because there are people that are so much better at that than me. But I, I mean, if I if you had a, if you had to task me with one fish that I could guarantee you, it would probably be bass. That's just my perspective. And um, yeah, so I think that's kind of where I stand. I'd like to be. I'd like to get better at certain things. And I had this half-assed idea this year too, to uh, this year to focus on species that I'm not normally good at catching. So like I was only gonna fly fish for carp in the river, probably catch some mean smallies in the in the meantime, or maybe only maybe only fish for uh for uh musky, right? I'd like to catch a musky. I should make that a goal this year, is to uh, catch a musky because it just be I've never been able to catch one yet. I gotta freaking pass this this guy here. Sorry, there we go. Sorry, a little sketchy. Route 13 is always a fucking sketchy, sketchy move. Oh, by the way, in case this guy turns out to be an axe murderer and uh, kills me, I'm going to meet him at Robert Treeman State Park uh, at the main office, lower office. So if this goes out or if they find my phone, my body, uh, I donate everything to my wife and children. My wife. Everything goes to her. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> I hope that's not the case. Knock on wood, say a little prayer, grab the cross. Oh my God, can you imagine? Um, anyway, so, yeah, so maybe I'm just going to focus, like, on doing something that I'm, that I'm you know, I want, if, I, if I send my focus to catch a muskie this year, I'll do it. it. It'll happen, so maybe I should do that. Should I use flies or regular spin gear? I don't know. Something about fly fishing for musky sounds fucking sweet. Anyway, but that's a long time from now. What we're doing now is we're ice fishing. And uh, it's funny. You know, ice fishing is like, uh, it's not extremely popular here around me, but I'd say it's on the rise. And um, it seems to be a popularly searched topic because I made, I think, the ep like I made, you know, I think I'm on like 30 episodes of this thing. And uh, my second most popular episode was about ice fishing. So let's uh, let's keep, let's give the people what they fucking want. They want ice fishing. They want to hear about ice fishing in the Finger Lakes region. So here's a rundown. You know, anymore, our winters are a little more unpredictable. And I think you'll definitely be able to ice fish a little bit every year, but. Uh, it's not a guarantee. Like last year, bro. Last year, the lakes froze. Up. I ice fished a little bit before Christmas, and then like the I, it was a warm winter and sketchy. And then I ice fished a little bit towards the end, but it wasn't. There wasn't like consistent good ice all the way through. And maybe I just wasn't doing it enough and looking hard enough. But you know, it was a, it was a, it was a shitty winter. It was a warm winter, and I was looking for days where it would be like. I'd get a week stretch of sub-zero temperatures, and it never, it was, like, very inconsistent. But this winter, it's been a good one. Like, we've had very few, you know, we've had days, you know, a couple of days. Every, once a week, it'll break above the freezing line, maybe for a day. 
Um, but 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 a majority of the time has been in the freezing temperatures. And this week we got it. We got a, a week straight of uh, highs of like high twenties and as low as the you know high teens. So we're we're we got a good. This after this, I think the ice is locked up and and on the on the bigger lakes and stuff, and here to stay. So it might already be here. Anyway, what uh, let me just kind of give you a run on how the ice goes. So like I think. It, you, I probably this year I probably could have been ice fishing by early December, maybe not. But I was definitely ice fishing by just after Christmas, and so the way it works, like we're we're not we're not in the super cold zone really, and so we'll get like these smaller ponds and stuff freezing up earlier. Not like obviously the smaller bodies will freeze up sooner, and. But you can still you can ice fish some of the bigger bodies of water here, like the Finger Lakes themselves. But your best bet earlier on, from let's say like this is just a ballpark figure, but like all of January, maybe the first three weeks of January is gonna be those smaller ponds. And I mean, smaller ponds to smaller lakes. Like um, there's a lake that's a mile across that has been frozen over for most you know a month now. Um, talking about Cayuta Lake, and I think that gets that gets some pressure, but it's not, you know, it's a bigger lake to be all the way pressured. And the, the one by me is probably a quarter mile to a half mile across at its biggest point, and uh, that's been getting hit up pretty good. I think I've seen more people on that than on Cayuta Lake, which is, you know, 10, 20 times bigger. So, so that's what I mean by smaller lakes. They're not small lakes, but they're they're small in comparison to the Finger Lakes, right? And then the Finger Lakes that are going to freeze up are going to be, like, your smaller ones there. So, like, I think probably the first one to freeze up will be Honeyoy because it's the shallowest. Then you're going to get Canisius and then Hemlock and Canadice probably freeze over. I don't know. I've never I've never been out to the wet, uh, eastern ones, but I'm sure, so, like, some of the smaller ones freeze up. And I know, um, I know that... Uh, I would think that about that time, too, about the time the smaller Finger Lakes here are freezing up is when Oneida freezes up. I don't know. That might freeze up sooner. Um, some of the bays of uh, Lake Ontario, too, those freeze up. And uh, and um, and then some of the arms, like like I know the the eastern arm of, K, K, of uh, Cuca Lake will freeze up. And you can uh, on occasion, you can ice fish that, so... It's uh, there's a good amount of big water to free to to ice fish from. So, and then, this is another podcast in itself. But all that open water from the big big lakes like uh, Seneca, <coughs> most of Cuca, and then uh, Cayuga, you can fish from shore, and the fishing is uh, stellar in the winter time. We'll do we'll do a po- podcast on that. I'm not very good at that, but it's it is definitely an opportunity. You can get get into this, like uh, the cool species like that are usually harder to get to, like Atlantic salmon, lake trout, browns, rainbows, all that kind of stuff. So, but anyway, so this year um, I kind of stepped up my ice fishing game. So far, I've been to a couple. I've been to the secret lake close to my house. Uh, caught some nice crappies there. I went to uh, Park Station out in Aaron. Uh, caught one bluegill. Listened to the Bill games on the ra- the Bills game on the radio. Go Bills! Good job, boys. Not exactly a 
Bills fan, but um, I'm rooting for him. And so those are like smaller places that I've, I've fished so far, and I haven't got to do a big old trip. i actually been kind of focused on that uh, late bow hunting season. I did, that was my last podcast. Um, that ends on January 31st, so that's only got a couple of days left. So I'll probably, I'll probably try to bow hunt that this weekend and maybe one day next week and the following weekend just because this is the last chance I'll have to hunt all year. And then I'll focus on ice fishing nice and heavy. So I'm excited because I want to get out to either Canisius or Honeyoy, and I'd like to try and catch some pike and I, or just, just to fish those bigger lakes in general. Focus, like, I really love to eat perch, so I'd like to catch a bunch of them. But like I was saying, I, I stepped up my ice fishing game a little bit because I got um, I got a really dope sled from my father-in-law two years ago, and then I got a I got a fish finder, portable little fish finder, this year, um, which has which has changed. You know, the it has it has definitely stepped up the game, but it's by no means like the total game changer. I was expecting it to be kind of. I never had one before. And um, it definitely it definitely helps. It's a it's a Garmin Striker Four, and it, it definitely helps. But uh, it's it's by no means like a fish catching guarantee. Like it helps you to know the depth when and helps you find um, like you can maybe spot a fish on it and see your jig and see if fish are coming up to your jig. <clears throat> that way, it's invaluable. But it's not like you have a fish finder and all of a sudden. The dinner bell's ringing and they're coming right in, right? I would say the biggest thing you need... Oh, and I also got... This is a huge... If you like to fish, you need this app. You need Navionics. I think it was $15 for a year. And it gives you every... Like, not not every lake, but like... I mean, any lake of a decent size is contour map. Um, within one foot intervals. So, it's like... And it works off GPS, so it's just like Onyx or something. Like, it tells you what's on the bottom of the lake. And that, that has been, that's going to be huge. Like, that that's, because it's going to take all, like, you'd have to fish someplace for a long time with a fish finder to know there, or right? Or just by seeing how far down your, you know, your, uh your bait can go or whatever your your lure can go like it's hard to know what's at the bottom you know unless you're fishing really clear and shallow enough to see like that shit is invaluable so the having the electronics combined with that um that app that shows like all the all the contours and what's going on at the bottom of the lake it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna you know it's going to jack up my fishing skills a lot. So I got to pass this plow here. Wee! Oh, not in the good passing zone. But, uh, yeah, so that's going to help out a lot. And um, so, yeah, so so for, like, some of the small – so this kind of gets back to, like, in the early season, like, some of those smaller ponds, you're they're not going to be on Navionics. Um but anything of any kind of decent size, I mean, I'm talking even like a mile across, I think is going to be on there. And, like, those bigger lakes are definitely all up on there. So, like, like w looking at it for Oneida and, like, um, Ontario Lake, it's crazy to see what the bottom of those lakes looks like. Like, it's nuts. 
And you can see why, like, Oneida is such a good lake because it's shallow throughout. Like, it's only, like, you know, 50 to 60 feet at the deepest. Maybe that's even deeper than it is. And then you see all these crazy, like, underwater islands, valleys, troughs. It's crazy. It's nuts. And then you see why the Finger Lakes are so different because they're just these giant deep trenches, which, you know, if you know, it might make them a little easier to fish because the the contour features are so concentrated, and um, it's kind of has a uniform bottom. So like any kind of disturbance in that is probably going to be a fish magnet. But anyway, so I'm excited to go out and try fishing on some of those like on honey oyakonisius primarily because they're going to be warm water heavy. You know, they're warm water lakes. I, I, I don't think Canisius has trout right? I think those two just have warm water species. So it'd be fun to like kind of target like some pike and there's some pretty beastly pike up in there and uh, and just and just give it a try. And then also once those uh, like Canisius and hemlock freeze over, that's like that's we're like at a rare treat where we have like those lakes that freeze over that we could target like the trout through like to target lake trout through them getting get into some biting some lakers on some uh, Ice fishing tackle will be a lot of fun. So that that's what I'm planning on. Um, I mean, ice fishing, probably safe ice, I probably have from, you know, all of February, probably all of March, maybe not the last week to do it. So, you know, I, my current outdoor schedule, uh, that's that's not so many trips. So. I'd like to do it. Oh, oh, sorry. One one goal of mine would be to catch a burbot. And I think there's one finger lake that has them listed. Uh, it's Canandaigua. And that's a pretty big one. And I don't know if that's going to freeze over all the way. There might be sections that freeze over. But, um, yeah, I'd like to catch a burbot. So I think if I want to catch a burbot, my best bet is heading up to Oneida. Uh, I'm even, I've even thought about taking a guided trip, but I don't know. I'm spending, you know, 550 bucks on these weights. I, I think that's, uh, that's no money for, for guided trips right now. But, you know, so right now, the way I've been setting it, you know, doing a lot of e-scouting on that app. The only complaint I have about that Navionics app would be that, I wish it, it it's it's kind of it's not the best mobile app. It's not that user friendly. Like Onyx is like the best. It's so it's so easy to use. It makes so much sense. And I don't know. I wish Onyx could like merge that like water contour feature uh, into it. I, they're, I'm sure they've thought about it, but that would be the ultimate app if you could put if Onyx had not only the topographical satellite imagery but also like the the depth depth depthimetry or whatever it's called bathymetry of lakes and ocean stuff in it, but you know anyway. So so the way I've been planning trips now, because you know most of my more of my time will involve planning a trip than actually going on it. I will start with that with that uh, Navionics app. Well, actually first first what you gotta do is figure out what you want to target, right? And I got this book on ice fishing. It's called what is it? It's got, maybe it's just called Ice Fishing by Tim Allard. Uh, I wouldn't recommend this book. I would recommend, I don't know. It, it just, I, I feel like it's a little uh, too basic. It doesn't have, like, like maps showing target here, here, here. Like, it's not kind of what I wanted. But it's all right. 
does give me some useful information, but I wish it was a little more in depth. Um, but the way I'm planning a trip now is first I'll read like the section on, on out of that book on the species or species, multiple species I'm trying to target. Then I'll go to Navionics and figure out okay, where's the likely couple spots that uh that uh that will hold them so you're looking at kind of a grander scale you know i don't think those those maps are exactly right but they're definitely close especially like you're not gonna find the little you know giant boulder that's down there that attack attracts all the fish but you are gonna find the drop off or the shallow bays or you know whatever macro feature that's gonna attract the fish so you start there you find Okay, these species want to be here and this time of year, midwinter. Okay, they want to be around this. All right, so let's start here. At, at, you know, drop a pin there, drop a pin here. You know, get like three, four spots that you want to hit. You always need like at least, at least the, you need your main plan, your second plan, and then three, four backup plans. So you want like five options to to have, because God knows things are always changing. So. And with ice fishing, it always seems like you want to go where the where the people are already. But uh, you know, try. I, I'm a big proponent of making your plan, at least trying out the initial plan. If that if that's not panning out, start hitting your your uh, side plans. So, I'll spend a lot of good time on that. Figure that out. Then, um, with the Finger Lakes, access can be a little bit. You know, the, like these lakes are big and long. And there's usually uh, a access at the top and bottoms of the lake. They run north to south. There's usually, usually, you know, uh, at least an one place where you can put in at the top and at the bottom. But you know, sometimes your the location you might want to fish might be like like way in the middle. So, dude, I've gone through. I've done crazy shit to try and, and find because. You know, you could be walking a mile on the ice, and you know that's a little, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a long way to walk on the ice. First of all, and with the, you know, I don't know, just I, I'd rather pull up a little closer than than that. So you can look for little like uh, roads leading to lakeside houses and stuff, or a, a good one that a lot of Finger Lakes have is a railroad that runs along the side. Um, some of the the bigger ones anyway have railroads, and I use that for like when I'm open water fishing. That railroad is crucial to accessing the shoreline. But um, keep in mind this: um, public property. Obviously, if you're on the ice, you're not trespassing. You can't. But you can walk a, a, the shoreline of a lake up to the high water mark. So that's not trespassing. So that's all public public uh, property. So that's a little fact. So figure out your access. You know, don't be trespassing on anyone's property. But um, you know, you just gotta figure out where where the right spot to go is. So you figure out that, and then it's just as simple as okay, uh, take go to your mark, drill a hole, see what's down there, and you know do you mark any fish is it the depth that you thought it was and then you start to hone in right from there okay and uh the good thing you know the good thing about those apps is you can mark and uh my my, my fish finder too has a little has a little gps 
marker on it. But I don't really like it's it's a little harder to navigate and I've been dropping pins on the GPS on the uh on the fish finder itself, but I uh I think I'm going to start dropping them on Onyx because I think that's a little I don't know. Maybe I do both just to kind of double it up, but cuz I have been hunting and like my Onyx uh GPS marker says I'm here and I'm like I know I'm not there and and the facing feature like like uh for for Onyx on my maybe it's just my shitty phone, but like whichever way I point, it's like trying to tell me that I'm pointing north when I know I'm not. So uh keep a compass on you and use that cuz that that has got me turned around on multiple occasions, so but anyway, so you get to your spot. Um, if it's a good spot, you know, mark a pen, and then you know, fish it and hone in. Or and there's, you know, there's there's two ways to do ice fishing too. Like I'm like like you can probably surmise, I'm a running gunner. I'm like I'm gonna drill a hole, fish it for a little bit. If it's not good, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep moving. And I'm more in the exploring phase of figuring out lakes. And then I'll mark, oh, this is a good spot, you know. And then maybe come back to it some other time and set it up for the long haul. But for now, it's mostly just drilling holes, fishing it for a little bit, no action, keep moving. <clears throat> maybe that's why I don't catch a lot of fish. Maybe I'd be better off getting on a rocky hump, staking out, and fishing it all day. But um, that's colder, and I like to stay on the move, see new stuff. And uh, it definitely keeps you warmer, uh, keeps you warm, like drilling a bunch of holes and going to multiple spots. Oh, I almost spilled my coffee on myself. But, yeah, so, um, try like, <laughs> I'm not a very good ice fisherman, so at this point, I'm in the, I'm in the, the market of, like, I catch a couple fish, usually, usually I'm, I'm, I'm probably, like, 50% skunks <laughs> right now. So I'll catch a fish and save it and kind of save up enough fish to have a fish fry. But uh, hopefully as the years go by, I'll start honing my skills and uh, getting better at this. So anyway, that's the ice fishing plans. Um, I, uh, actually, you know, I, I got a little bit more to talk about. I'm meeting this guy, so uh, and uh, I'll, I'll continue the next part in a second. So. Oh yeah, so so sorry. I just all right. I'm alive. That guy was chill as hell. Didn't kill me. Probably the coolest thing about him. But anyway, so the shit I use. I mean, I just got pretty rudimentary setup. I got like uh, I got some you know jigging rods. I got three jigging rods and I got two tip ups. I never really I set up the tip ups a lot of times, but I never never catch anything. But uh, usually when I'm just kind of prospecting, I'm using uh. Swedish pimple tip with a wax worm, or I'm using like a uh, like a, um, a a jig with a with a rattle, like a little like a, tr a treble hook jig, ice jig, and uh, tip with a wax worm. So yeah, that's usually what I'm using. Um, the other day, I uh, I uh, <laughs> I went ice fishing when I when I caught some crappies. I um, I went out and I didn't. I just kind of got the whim one morning, and I didn't have um, wax worms, <coughs> so I used I used corn instead, and uh, that's what I caught them on. So I think uh, corn works pretty good, like as as a as a something to tip it with. It just it kind of looks like I don't know I don't know what I kind of crushed it and make it look like a 
chewed up mealworm or something, but I caught two crappies on it and lost another one. So uh, it definitely, definitely can catch fish, at least that one time. So the guy I talked to, the guy I just picked up from, he's uh, he's hunting this bow hunting this this late Ithaca season, and um, we actually met up in a in a spot where close to where he's hunting, and I uh, talked about it. He's actually he said he got he said he got a a buck the first day of the January season. Uh, had no antlers, and he saw 17 deer that they were all together. So that's pretty freaking sweet. Um, I, it's it's uh, motivating me to get after it again. So if that guy can do it, man, I can do it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so so that's my setup. Um, ice fishing's fun. It's kind of difficult. But, uh, yeah, something fun to do in the winter. Anyway. I'm all caffeined out of my mind. I can barely think straight. So anyway, go out, have fun in the winter time, do cool shit. Hey, if you want to go ice fishing, hit me up. Um, I can't guarantee you anything, that's for sure. But maybe we can go out and have a good time, drink a couple beers. Why not? All right, boys and girls, love you. Be good. Be safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Talk to you next time.